0: God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance. heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. So I want to share with us on redefining our lives, okay? Redefining our lives with the Word of God. Redefining our lives with the Word of God. This follow-up from what we shared during the special program. Is that okay? Yes. And I believe that during the special program... We paid attention. And by now, we have a good picture as to how the Word of God operates with us. Some time ago, I discussed with us concerning the tabernacle of Moses and how that that tabernacle of Moses, all of it represents the Word of God. That in the Word of God, there is the outer court, an inner court, and then it has the Holy of Holies. And these are not just things to know or to keep in your head and say that, oh, I know this, I know that. It is because they have implications on the way that we live our lives, on the way that we see things. Is that okay? And from the special program, concerning the natural mind or the lower level of the mind, we discussed how that there is a rational level where man determines what is good, the good that ought to be done, the good that he or she ought to live for. And then on the intermediate level where he determines what is true in terms of how he may carry out that good. And then on the sensory Level is where he has impulses from the earth and then the pleasures also that come from the earth. But it is also on the sensory level that he discharges the good that he has intended through the truth, which serves as means. Amen. Amen. So in these three levels of the natural mind, we see a relationship with the word of God. In terms of the Holy of Holies, inner court or the holy place, and then the outer court. It means that the Holy of Holies has a relationship with the rational mind. The holy place or the inner court has a relationship with the intermediate mind. And then the outer court has a relationship with the sensory level of the mind. Hallelujah. So... In terms of the nature of the word of God and how the word of God ought to influence us, our rational mind must be influenced by what pertains to the holy of holies. Our intermediate mind must be influenced by what pertains to the holy place. And then our sensory mind must be influenced by what pertains to the outer court. It means that there is no aspect of you that should escape the word of God. Hallelujah. And the Hebrew writer said, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, there's no part of you that should escape the word of God. Amen. It so for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to death. Dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Hallelujah. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Hallelujah. And that is the word of God. That is the word of God. Every aspect of our being must respond to the word of God. There is no area of our lives that does not come under the jurisdiction of the word of God. There is no area of our being that was made such that it should not come under the influence of the word of God. Every aspect of us is supposed to come under the influence of the word of God. Hallelujah. So it means that the word as we have it has dimensions that makes it possible for it to relate to every part of our being. The word as we have it, it has dimensions that makes it possible for it to relate to every aspect of our being. Hallelujah. In other words, if you want to know that which your heart must be after, the word of God will teach you what your heart must be after. If you want to know how that which your heart is after must be accomplished, it is the word of God that will teach you how. And then in terms of the doing of it practically, it is also the word of God that will lead you to that point. I know that we like to think that especially as we are in the world, there are certain aspects of our life that the Word of God does not cover. And we want to say that we are clueless as to what to do when it comes to those aspects. But it is not true. It is not true. Every aspect of your life is covered by the Word of God. So you are asking, pastor, so if I go to work and I sit behind, maybe I work at the bank, and I sit behind the PC to work. Is it the word of God that will help me know how the balance sheet works and how everything will be balanced? No, it is not the word of God that will help you to know. But you must be led by the word of God in order to do it in a way that it will have eternal value. It means that what you think you are doing that you don't need the Word of God to do, there are aspects of it that you will need the Word of God to do. Because the only thing you are doing is to type on a keyboard. And when it comes to the natural knowledge you learn in school, what it helps you to do is to know how you may apply your body. Amen? It teaches you how you may apply your body, that is all. So your fingers are part of your body, right? So how you are typing on a 1 plus 1 is equal to 2, 3 plus 3 is equal to 6. If you click here, Microsoft Excel, right? If you click here, then it will do this thing for you. It is what you learned in school that is helping you know how to apply your body to get results. But there are dimensions of that activity that you are doing that makes the activity either of eternal value or of no eternal value. And those dimensions, it is the word of God that fills it for you, hallelujah. And actually, even what you learn in school, it is still the word of God, amen. Amen. Especially if what they taught you is true, it is still the word of God, Amen. amen. The word of God, is truth. And truth has different levels. Amen. So the example of like working in the bank like this, you find that there is a certain working that is going on with you as you are typing what it is that you are typing. There is a certain motif that is ruling. There is a certain motif that is ruling. You get it. Even though in your workplace in terms of what you are doing there must be a goal right they teach you that there's a goal right in that sense then the goal seems to be the good that you have determined right but that good that you have determined it cannot be compared to the good that is determined by the word of god in the rational mind Do you see so i was telling even the pastors that in terms of the things that we carry when it comes to the various levels of the natural mind, every level can still be divided into three. So when you take the sensory level, which seems to be one, it can be divided into three. So there is a goal realm in the sensory level. So my point is that even though you think that the goal, Is to meet a target. You see, like when you go to work, they give you a target that you must meet right now. That is the end that has been determined for you, isn't that the case? But that end cannot be compared to the end that the rational mind must conceive. Do you understand that? Now, that end that has been determined for you, which is your goal, it seems to be higher at a certain level than the action. So there is the goal, then there is how you may accomplish the goal, right? then there's the accomplishment of the goal. So these three things, there's the goal, how you may accomplish the goal, then the accomplishment of the goal. You know the goal, how you may accomplish the goal is the know-how, right? The thing that, you know the principles, you know maybe the principle of mathematics, physics, whatever you know, that is to help you accomplish that goal, then going on to accomplish that goal. But when that goal is determined, that goal must be vetted, do you see? That goal must be vetted by a higher goal. And that goal is in the rational mind. So there is a goal that may not agree with the higher goal, which is supposed to be in the rational mind. And this higher goal in the rational mind is supplied by the word of God. So it's the word of God that determines what good is. The good that must be pursued by men. Do you understand that? If in the lower levels of the mind, or at the sensual level, you determine a goal, that goal that you have determined must agree with the higher goal that the word of God sets for all men. In other words, if then I take two employees, we are all trying to fulfill the goal that our company has set for us. One of us may be trying very hard to fulfill it because they fear for, normally I hear the bank: if you don't fulfill your goals, you are dead. They can even insult you. They can, so you fear, the insults and all those things that are going to come to you, right? Yes, they will speak to you in a very bad way and then you feel bad. So you may be pushing very hard to fulfill that goal. Now you have the goal. The goal is that maybe your target is maybe 50 clients for the first six months of the year, you get it. So now that goal, you'll still be trying to fulfill it, but you realize that the reason or the motive behind your goal It's wrong because that motive is that you are trying to save your life. You fear what may come to you if you don't fulfill that goal. You get the point, yeah. Then there's also another person who is also trying to fulfill the same goal, but his motive is not to save his life, but he has determined that that good or that goal that must be fulfilled is a goal that serves the higher goal of God. Do you get it? So it means that this person fulfills the goal Ask unto God. So there are two people, both are trying to fulfill a goal at work, but there is one that is fulfilling it. Ask unto God, and there is one that is fulfilling it so that he may save his life. The other side of that. So just this issue of fulfilling a goal at work, you think that maybe the word of God is very far away from you because it's just the goal that you must fulfill, but the word of God is in it. In terms of what is driving you to have that goal before you that you must fulfill. If you take the word of God out of it, another thing will fail it. And that will be your own selfish interest as you try to fulfill that goal. And in fulfilling that goal, you will be sinning. You see, so there are things that you set out to go and do. And there are things that you do because you are not doing things in the right way. So in other words, even simply at your office, at your office, you can be sinning big time. Please, I'm not talking about doing bad things or sins that are not really sins. I'm saying sinning, like the sin that will keep you away from God, the sin that will blind you, right? So that you will not have access to the spirit of God. If you try to fulfill a goal at your workplace for the sake of your life, it means that you are not doing that work as a good work. You are doing it as an evil work. God, the evil work is that which is for the selfish interest. The evil work is that which is for the selfish interest. The good work is that which is for the sake of the Lord and the neighbor, which is the common good. So the word of God is in everything. It's in everything. It's in everything. Like the Bible said in John chapter 1, said, without him was not anything made that was what made. Everything about us, must be defined by the word of God, hallelujah. So at times I find people be in church for a while and they seem to have settled in church and everybody feels like, oh, okay, they are fine. But you deal with them and you realize that, no, there's a problem. That problem is what I want us to address today, hallelujah. The word of God is everywhere. And today, one of the things that you are going to learn is that you must enter the practice of judging your life by the word of God all the time. All the time. You may feel like, ah, this is too difficult. No, it's not. Anything that God says we should do, it can be done whilst you are going. The other, you don't need to separate yourself into the bush somewhere to do it. Anything that God says we should do, it can be done whilst you are going. As you are moving normally, as you are even talking to someone, you can be judging your mind. You can be judging your heart. You can be judging everything that you are doing. You don't need extra time. So you say you don't have time to do it. No. It can be done whilst you are on the move. Amen. It can be done whilst you are on the move. So you find that the person is in church, I see it with a lot of us. Because I, as I'm teaching you, by the grace of God, I've been shown where to look for effect or the outcome of what it is that you are being taught. It is not in your ability to repeat it, even though to be able to repeat it and to also tell your pastor or your elder what it is that you have learned, it's not a bad idea. It's a good thing because at least it means that you have captured the word of God into your memory, and that's not bad. But where I am really particular about is in your approach to life. Your approach to life. Now, it is very difficult to know a person's intentions. So I don't set out to try to know your intentions because it's beyond me. The other side, how will I know your intentions? The other side, but I can know your approach to life because for your approach to life, it's there. The way you are thinking, you will say it. The other side, you will explain it. It will be shown even in how you are approaching certain situations in your life. So I look at the approach to life and I find that it is not according to what we are being taught. It is not according to what we are being taught. And at times it can be very disappointing because that is what shows that some work has been done. For me, when I find out about such things, then if I'm not careful or if God has not helped me, I don't want to preach again. You explain things to people, but you find that in their day-to-day lives, they do things differently, you see. And at times, you realize that then their life is not working out in a certain way, and then it's almost as if the Word of God does not produce results. But actually, what is happening is that they are living their lives differently from the Word of God. There's an approach, there's a way they see things That is different from the word of God. Or in some areas, they have allowed the word of God. And in other areas, they have prevented the word of God from coming in. But if the word of God is going to profit us, we must allow the word of God to come in. Hallelujah. We must allow the word of God to come in. We must. We must allow the word of God to come in. We must allow the word of God to become our intention. It should define for us what our intention is, what our vision for life is. You see, so if I ask you, what is your vision for life? Do you see? What is your vision for life? You may get up and tell me the vision that is conceived in the sensory level, which has to do with gathering of things in this world. That's all. But that cannot be your vision for life. Because in God's plan and in the way he has made man, the vision for life must be determined at the rational level. Not in the flesh. At the rational level. Now, I'm not telling you, oh, so think that, oh, they say our vision must come from the rational level, must be determined at the rational level. In which case, it is the word of God that must define for us our vision. I'm not saying I say that. I'm saying that that should be the case with you. Do you get it? So in your life, your approach to life is that what actually becomes your vision, and at times there are different visions depending on whatever it is that we are involved in. But what becomes your vision must first be determined at the rational level. It must be determined at the level of the word of God. Do you know why? Because what you are doing even though it has an outcome in this life, its outcome is of not much value compared to the outcome of the good that is determined at the rational level. So for example, whatever you want to do that you want to, so it's good because I like it, right? If you say it's good because I like it, what you are doing, it will just end in this world. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. But the good that is determined from the rational level, it means that it is determined by the word of God that this is good. This is the principle with which a man must live his life. This is the good that the man must pursue. And that good is simply obedience to the commandments of God. Do you get it? So we know that then at the higher levels, there's love for God and love for the neighbor, right? Everything must be influenced by that. If then you make up your mind that, the vision for your life will be influenced by love for God and the neighbor, then whatever you do will have eternal significance in terms of the impact that it will have on you. But if the good is just determined at the level of the sensory mind, then the only outcome you have, the only positive outcome is the one that you have in this world. But the one that you have beyond this world will be a negative outcome. Because if the word of God does not form your vision, another thing will form your vision. Evil will form your vision. The enemy will create for you a vision. So you find that those that are doing things in this earth and they say, oh, my vision is to become... Somebody said, she wants to be a celebrity. Do you see? Like, you want to be a celebrity, right? And at times, some of these women will say it, like right? It's like, ah... What kind of human being is this right but we also have our own hidden things we want to be that we don't say. but we say the outer one i mean the outer one what you tell me for me to hear what will it do is your real motivation for life you see and this person was bold to state her own but what about your own that you are not stating which is revealed right it is revealed in your approach to life Sometimes you see people, they are behaving in a certain way, they are approaching life in a certain way. You tell them that because you are approaching life this way, this is your actual vision for life. They say no. Let me explain to you. You see, I say I cannot enter into your mind to know your motive, right? But I can know your motives from your approach to life. Do you know why? Because you see, the rational level and the intermediate level, before we get to the sensory level, the rational level, if it does not agree with the intermediate level, it is not sustained. In other words, if, for instance, you conceive good in your heart, right, that, oh, this is the good that must be done, but you are using the approach that is used to do evil to do it. It is no more good that is conceived in your heart. It is evil. Let me give a typical one that It is very easy to know. You want to give something to somebody, right? And when you came to, oh, give it to the person, the person will be helped. The person needs help, right? Now, as you try to give it to the person, you are using another method. The method is that you are giving it to the person in such a way that the person will be very, very grateful to you. Do you see? Now, relax. Say, but how will you know? It is known because when the person is ungrateful, you will see the way you will react. Do you get it? When a person is ungrateful, you question why you even did the good. Is that not the case? Yeah, we are all human beings. You question why you did the good. But the good was supposed to be done because it is determined by God, not determined by the person being grateful. Why will you question a good that you have done because the person was not grateful to you? It is because as you thought you had intended the good, it was not a good intention after all. So in your doing it, another motive entered, and that is your selfish interest. It is the self or the selfish interest that is offended when gratitude is not shown. Amen. It is a selfish interest that is offended. Please, I'm not talking about if you don't show gratitude and somebody tells you no, it is good to show gratitude. No, that's fine. Do you understand? So for example, maybe you may not show gratitude to somebody, the person said, "No, this is not what I did for you. You should have shown gratitude." You cannot say, oh, pastor said that. Uh, see, so you mean that this is good? No, you don't get it. Because there is also a saying to you. You'll be told that you should have shown gratitude not because the person wants the gratitude, but because it's good for you. Because you understand that. You see, when we hear the word of God, what we do is that we try to use it to judge everybody apart from us. And my message is that stop that and judge your own self. Before this message turns into, some of you are very, 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 very ungrateful, very, very ungrateful, right? People do things, sacrifice, die for you, and you don't even tend to say you are grateful, right? And then you spy them at the corner of your eyes to see if they will be angry with you for not showing gratitude. And if they are angry, you then say that, aha, it means that the good that you even it wasn't from your heart. So you are finding the devil, right? You don't know that you are the devil. Do you get it? So when they are even telling you that this thing that you did, it wasn't good, you'll be looking into their face to see if something will show that they are angry. They you say, uh-huh. Do you see? That's why all of us must not care when somebody is looking at our face. Do you see, because if you come and do this thing to me, hallelujah. Yeah, and that's why at times you say something, you apply it in a certain way, and somebody will think that you have gone against what it is that you thought. It's because we don't understand what is going on. You can be told, you know, I can tell you, it's good to show gratitude, right? And it's not because I want the gratitude. Actually, a lot of times I walk away, right? And then I feel like walking away, I'm rather now being selfish. Do you guys? So I should now come and tell you then I can walk away. So I come and tell you, and I move on. See, so don't misunderstand. Maybe your pastor is trying to teach you to be grateful, or your elder is trying to teach you to be grateful, and then you are doing yourself some way. No. To be ungrateful is a bad thing. Amen? Yeah. It's a bad thing. So if you find that you are ungrateful, don't be checking to see who is offended for your ungratefulness. Check your own ungratefulness and change. Amen. Yeah. So the moment you employ a bad method, okay, what will happen is that the good intention does not survive. Do you get it? The good intention does not survive. So then when somebody is using a certain approach and they are bent on that approach, not caring about what the word of God suggests, they cannot argue that their intentions are good. It is not possible. So when then we see the approach that we use, the way we see life, the way we consider things, the way we analyze things, then it suggests that the word of God that is coming to us, it is failing or we are not allowing it to prosper because it's not influencing us in the way that it should influence us. Hallelujah. But the word of God must influence you. You must be judging your motives all the time with the word of God. This thing that I'm intending in my heart, is it an intention that agrees with the word of God? Is it an intention that agrees with God? Because the moment it becomes an intention that agrees with God, God is with you in that intention, right? We learn that when the word of God comes, or in the situation where the word of God must be applied, the Lord comes to reside in the higher mind, right? Yeah. So the moment you allow the good intention to persist with you, then the Lord is with you in your rational mind. So you must judge what your intentions are. What am I really looking for? And you must not allow the evil intentions to continue. You must not allow the worldly intentions. At times, some of our intentions are worldly. They don't look very evil. But because they are not the intentions that God wants a man to have for his or her life, then they are not good for you. They are actually evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like this person that says they want to be a celebrity, is it a sin to want to be a celebrity? On the face value, no, right? We say that it's celebrity, then I become an influencer, right? Then I influence people for good. What do you think? So at times, we like to think that what it is that we are desiring, the word of God doesn't reach there. And this is an example. But my question is not even about you wanting to be a celebrity. My question is, that, is that the intent for life? Is that the vision for life as per the word of God? As per the word of God. Like as you are sitting here, like I say, what is your vision? I'm trying to make it in life. You see, and for many of us, that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to make it in life. You see. It means that the word of God is not influencing you. So am I not supposed to make it? Am I not supposed to make it? No, you can make it. But at the motive level, at the vision level of your life, it is not that you want to make it in life. But that rational level is for eternal things. It's for eternal considerations. The intermediate level is for eternal considerations. The sensory level is for earthly considerations. And when it is influenced by the higher levels, that's the rational and the intermediate, it is even elevated to heavenly things, eternal things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you cannot have a spiritual motive for life and you are not conscious of it. Because remember, the rational, intermediate, and then the sensory levels are the part that we are conscious of. So you can't say, oh, then I want to make it in life. But I also know that I must become spiritual. I must be prepared for heaven. Do you understand that? No. The part that you are conscious of is the part that you have to use to determine your vision for life. What are you trying to be? Hallelujah. What are you trying to become? You see, so when such things are mentioned, then the sensory part, that takes pleasure in material possession, right? Right? And the cupidities of the flesh, the sensory level that takes pleasure in such things will try to react and say, then are we supposed to be poor? Are we supposed to be, how can you have it as your life's vision to be rich? How is it your life's vision to be rich? Because in many cases, by the time you actually become rich, if you really know what rich is, you are about to die. Do you understand that? Or you don't understand? By the time you really become rich, you just enjoy your wealth for some few years. You start falling sick here and there, right? If all things be equal. You start falling sick here and there. You can't enjoy something. They are massaging you here and there. All the things that you can now acquire. You you don't even... So you get that, you pick something to wear. You wear your slippers and you are moving. Do you see? See, rich old men are they wearing Burberry belt and? Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that what they are wearing? No. Or you will be rich whilst you are young.
0: <laughs> you will be rich whilst you are young. No, 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 no problem. How will you do it? See, there are things that happen to a few people in this world, and there are things that happen to the masses. What I'm telling you is what happens to the masses. If you build wealth genuinely and you are part of the masses, right, it is when you are about to die that you really have gathered something. 60 years, 50 something. Do you That's when you have gathered something. Do you see? The time that when you urinate. You have to go over the WC like this to because your urine doesn't travel. The other side. <laughs> You'll be encouraging it, encouraging it, encouraging it, right? <laughs> that time your concern is not what? You see, so what happens to the masses is what I'm telling you. That's what happens to the masses. Then there are the few... Yes, those people like, oh yeah, yeah, the Facebook owner, and those people that bring things. you see, like, young man, you've done something that has blown. You see, quickly, how many things will blow like that? There are a few people, there are a few things. So in reality, a lot of the energy you spend to become rich, you find that it's a waste because all the things that you are, Craving that makes you want to become rich when you finally hit that level where your money doesn't finish. You see, that's the rich part. No matter what you do, your money will not finish. Do you see? And when you hit that level, you don't even know what you are using the money for. Then those of us who are now coming will be following you quietly as sycophants, waiting because you will name us in your way, right? Yeah, so <laughs> this thing that you wanted to chop we are the ones. That will come and chop it for you. It's a waste of time. You see. So, at times, some thoughts will come into your mind that will make you feel like the Word of God has not covered everything. The Word of God doesn't know what it is talking about. Right? You know what you are talking about, but the Word of God doesn't know. God is naive when it comes to earthly things. You see. God is very naive. He doesn't understand. Do you see? But God understands is not naive. You are naive. Do you see? You are naive. So what is your goal for life? What are you doing? You know, it does everything.
1: Like, what is your goal? What is your vision? What are you trying to become? What are you trying to become? Huh? What are you trying to become? You see that
0: the one that the Word of God has determined for you is not presently on your mind, though. When you set out that you are trying to become something just for this world. So the Word of God will not profit you. It will not prosper with you. So we will see your approach to life. And you find that this is the approach of a person whose main pursuit in life is to gather the wealth of this world. And you said that a man's world does not consist in the abundance of his possession. His life. Your life does not consist in the abundance of your possession. Can you imagine that? Or Jesus is naive. Or He was not in our time.
1: <laughs> Jesus speaks for all times. So, what are you trying to become? What do you think the Word of God wants
0: you to become as your vision for life? So, as you Entered this world. This is the predetermined vision. Do you see? Then you, in your growing up, must grow up to discover it and make it your vision for life. What do you think the word of God wants as your vision for life? The Is there
1: a surprise question? What do you think the word of God wants as your vision for life? Hmm. You see, this answer, I don't know what is in your heart, though. But when you say something
0: and we trace it, we can see. (laughs) See, this answer is a double answer. Do you know double? It's like it was dabbed from somewhere, cut and paste. Right? But may I want you to check your own heart? Aikwe, what do you think? Is to change your life? That is the process. When you determine the vision, then what to do, right? Then change your life with the word of God. I'm talking about what must you, the vision, what must you become? So that's the vision. What must you become? Like the person that I'm, I want to become a celebrity. Yes, you, according to the word of God, what must you become? To become a man prepared for heaven. Powerful. What does that entail? That's good, right? That's good. It means that you are here, and you are on a journey, right? And the end of that journey is heaven. So that's good. Now, what does it entail? A man prepared for heaven. What does it entail? Belinda. What does it entail? Relax. And then say what you think. Do you see? Don't try to tailor your answer
1: to me. Say the answer you think is right. What does it entail? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. It entails a smile. Uh Uh-huh. It entails transformation from what into what? Okay. Okay.
0: So she's saying that it entails transformation, right? So we must be changed. Okay. What does it entail again? Some of you are looking at my face. Albert. Yes, that's the how. I'm talking about, let's explain being prepared for heaven. Like, what does it mean? Do you get a good What you are saying is how it will work, how we will achieve it. I'm talking about what does it mean. So if you say the vision for our life must be to be prepared for heaven, what does it mean? Explain. Somebody say explain. So you state and explain, right? So the stating is that we must be prepared for heaven. Now explain. Elder to it. Elder Uh-huh. No. That's still you explain. Like, who is that man that is prepared for heaven? The man that is ruled by the word of God. The influence of heaven. Uh Uh-huh. Who
1: is that man? Who is that man? Again, Jackie. Yes, 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 yes. But who is that man? You say an angel
0: of the Lord. Yes. Who is that man? The man of God. Yes. But who is he? The man who has overcome. Yes. But who is he, Mavis? The spiritual man. Okay. So we are trying to become spiritual, okay? But who is the spiritual man? Who is the spiritual man? Yes, please. Yes, true. But who is he? You see, <laughs> that's the thing. Because if we don't take care, we may not really know what we are saying, right? And then we have certain things we say about it, which are also
1: true, but we miss the point. Ima. The vessel of God, true, but want more.
0: I saw a hand somewhere here. No elder test, no you.
1: When I finish, I come to elders. I have done an elder here. Alan, who is that man? Oh, (laughs) you yourself. (laughs)
0: I get where your answer is coming from. It's that, "You must be that man, right? Yeah. I get your point, but that's not what I'm looking for. You see, that man is what the scripture calls the good man." Good. You see? <laughs> you see, it's not an answer that is far away from you. But if it is what you are trying to become, right? it should not be far from you. The good man. So all your effort in this life is to become a good man or a good woman. see, again, please, realize, don't do that way. Oh, e do you, e do you. No, I'm not talking about that. That's why I said the spiritual man is correct because what a man is in terms of being good is determined from God's point of view.
1: An angel of heaven correct because it is good men and women that become angels. Hallelujah. We must be changed, we must be transformed, we must be subject
0: to the word of God because it is in that process that we become what? Good. Look, when you see it this way, it feels different. Because well, then you know exactly what it is that you are trying to become. You are trying to become good, not only in action, but in the heart, in the understanding, then in the action. That's what you are trying to become. A good man, a good woman. You are not trying to be rich. Because being rich does not tell whether you are a good man or a bad man. Hallelujah. If the pursuit of wealth is such that it allows you to become a good man, then we are okay. Do you understand that? Because then your aim is to become a good man, a good woman, which then is a spiritual man or a celestial man, right? In that context, if then your attempt to be rich is such that it does not stop you from becoming a good man, which is your priority. Hallelujah. Because then in that context, you place wealth in its proper perspective. It becomes a means to an end. A means to what? An end. It serves the purpose of the higher good that you have determined. You cannot enter greed this way. Because greed is because of the sensory level, right? And the pursuit of the things that are temporal by the sensory man. So all that we are trying to become is to become good. It may not seem powerful. Maybe I should use a powerful word. But that's what we are trying to become in this life. That's why if you determine quickly that you are a good person, you are lost. You have ended your journey. You have ended your journey. I know that you see, even to call ourselves good is a tendency that belongs to the evil person. To be in a haste to call yourself a good person is a tendency that belongs to the evil man. It belongs to selfishness. It is a selfish man that seeks to exalt himself. And when goodness becomes a means by which he may exalt himself, he likes to call himself a good man.
1: Pritja Sana So that's what we are trying to become. As we are sitting here, this should be our motive for life.
0: I know it may seem like, ah, oh, then it's not a difficult answer. The answer is not a difficult answer. But for it to be so in your life is what we are talking about. The answer that we must be good is not a difficult answer we are being prepared to become good. We are being changed to become good. All of it is so that we'll be good. And good is in reference to God, not determined by man. Hallelujah. So we say that the good man is a man that loves the Lord above all else. Do you know what that means? To love the Lord above all else. Do you see? When we say something like this, the place we go to check for it is not that, "Ah, do I feel in love with the Lord? You see, no. You don't check your heart to see if you and God, there's this lovey-dovey, ah, me and God day so, me and God day so. That kind of feeling is a feeling when something good has happened for you. That's why you begin to feel very happy with God, me and God, me and God. That's the way you look for this. You don't look for it from a certain fondness in your heart for
1: God. Do you see? You don't look for it from there. You don't look for it from there. You see, the word of God must be applied to your life.
0: To love God, it doesn't mean to you that you feel a certain fondness in your heart for the person called God. What is that person? What is that person? Do you see?
1: What is that person? To love God is to be subject to him and to prefer being subject to Him. Do you see?
0: So if we say that oh, you must love God above all else, then it means that nothing should stop you. you see, oh, then you can say, oh, I love you, Lord, above all else. No, that's not how we check it. You should check what is stopping you from being subject to God. If nothing stops you, if nothing is stopping you, from intending what God wants you to intend and doing what God wants you to do. If nothing is stopping you, then
1: you love God above all else. Do you get it? Yeah. So you may find that to love God is in
0: the mix, right? But it's not really love for God because we know it. It's like it's in the mix. But in our lives itself, we are living for our
1: own interests. So I ask again, what do you want to be in life? Do you see? What do you want to be in life? And it is important to determine this,
0: Elio. I'm telling you. I see people trapped, right? Trapped by many options, you see? I see people trapped by too many considerations. Is like that guy that says that right? And like right? So now he's confused. Why not why not Ninja now, when you look at something, you would think it's a natural place to be in in life, that you have many things surrounding you, and you are confused as to which one to choose. I'm also telling you that it's not true. Like a lady, Kofi is there, Kwezi is there, and then Yao is also there. God, point me to which one you would think that is a natural place to be. And I see many people enter such places. It's not. It's not. It's a sign that there is a problem with you. Because that's not how God operates. To be caught up in the midst of options that you are not sure which one to take. No, it means that from the beginning you have not determined what your vision is. What it is that you are looking for. You have not determined it. So to determine a visionary, it automatically aligns you to the path. Or it makes you the finder of the path that will make sure the vision is fulfilled. So for example, you want to grab. You have not determined what the grabbing is for. You see, you have not determined what marriage is for. or your determination for marriage is off. It is wrong. That's why to find somebody is a problem for you three people, you don't know which one to choose, you have not determined what it is that you are trying to do. If you have determined, automatically, the vision will eliminate because the vision is always looking for what will make it come to pass. Do you understand that? The vision is always looking for what will make it come to pass. So it's part of the characteristics of the vision, that when there is a vision, the vision has life. Huh? its life is that it's always looking for what will make it come to pass yeah we tell you that if good is conceived in the heart that good finds its truth right yeah and that is why we talk about spiritual perception of truth that when your heart is transformed your eyes are open to truth it's not something that we wait for it to happen it happens together with the transformation of your heart but when the heart
1: is aligned to god the thinking or the understanding follows suit. Please understand that. So when there's a vision conceived, the vision is always looking for what will make it come to pass. So when
0: what will make things come to pass, we seem to be confused about them. Then there's a problem with our vision. Maybe there's a mixture. Maybe we say with our lips today that it is this godly vision we want, and then tomorrow we say with our lips again that it is this other ungodly vision we want. Or we want both the godly vision And the ungodly vision hallelujah but the godly and ungodly vision cannot be mixed together do you see and it happens to too many people and that's why for me one of the things that you find with me is that i don't spend time trying to help people sort through this kind of confusion because it will not work we don't sort it out there in that situation oh do you see? Yeah. At best, we orchestrate to try to remove them from your life. Do you see? <laughs> yeah, because what is happening there? So, at least now you know what to tell me about, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. You shouldn't come there. The moment you are in such a state, you have a problem. You don't stay in that state to try to correct it. You have to go back to what it is that you are really looking for. What are you looking for? You are looking for a woman, what are you looking for? What are you trying to achieve? Are you looking for somebody that will be endorsed by your friends and people you don't know when you post her on your status or on Facebook? Like the guy that brought the beloved to his room. And then when the beloved left, he asked his friends, he fine or you no know, fine. This is a, if that is what you want, and quietly, many of us, that's what we want to. So you are trying to choose somebody. What you are doing is that you, so maybe me, my friend is pastor my friend is pastor but my friend is Pastani. So I'm trying to choose a beloved. So what I'm doing quietly inside my head is that I'm checking Pastor Enoch's taste, I'm checking Pastor Ben's taste, and I'm checking Pastor Nis' taste, right? Then I'll choose the beloved. This is so that when the beloved come, I'll behave. Because if they all agree that this is, wow, she fine, then I am exalted in the thing, right? Yeah. Some of you are choosing a beloved for your self exaltation. And it is because the honor of men, men will honor you and praise you because of... you look good together. Do you get it? You look good... That's one of the things that I don't understand when people say. Yeah, you don't say something to me because I don't know what you mean. Because what have you seen in the picture? It's just our outer selves, right? Do you know what it means for people to be good together? That we just look good together on the outside, so wow... We have done well. That's why of you are checking because that's what is influencing you. We look good together, right? So you are checking the height, not the balance. So you, the lady, are the guy's height is a bit shorter than yours. So if we are to take pictures, they understand that. No, you will not tell us because you know that this is foolish, right? You'll be saying to her, oh, I'm looking for somebody that I'll get to know the Lord with and will become spiritual together, right? But what you tell yourself in your heart when you're alone, that is the one that I'm talking about. Diana Sina. Yeah. That's why at times, they, don't you see how people confuse you. They tell that they really want somebody that is spiritual, that they will get to know their Lord together, right? Then, you point to someone and say no, right? <laughs> and then, they go and bring somebody. Ah, what they said they want, you know, it doesn't correspond to who they're going to bring, right? That's what we know. So there it is settled. Who you are going to bring, your approach, to it has settled to us what you really were looking for. When you were telling us that you are looking for a godly woman, <laughs> that's not what you wanted. You get it. You really wanted somebody that is fresh on the outside, right? and then God can throw in a few godly truths and take it like that. (laughs) So when you come in, oh, oh, but she loves the Lord. She's very generous. (laughs) Oh, she's a very generous person. Do you know where we find generosity? Generosity is in the sensory level. Anything we find in the sensory level, we don't know what it means. Except we have ascended to the intermediate and then the rational. So if I'm a generous person, what does it mean? Uh, Why am I doing the generosity? What is motivating? By what means am I doing? These are the key things. And you know, but you come and say, she's a generous person. She's a generous person. Even these party people, when they wanted, you know, they brought TV and things, right? That was a generous politician, right? But we said, these are devils, not because they brought something. But because we know that what they brought is for something, they have a motive behind what they are doing, and it's not for the good of the people. It's for their own good. That's why we get to know that, hey, there's a problem. You see? So when somebody tells you such a thing, you just want to knock your head against them, like, you just, your mind busts. It's like, ah! All this, you won't see, Like right? You'll just be sitting, oh, wow. So don't expect that you see me knocking my head or you see your pastor knocking and say, No, we'll do it in the spirit. I... <laughs> but on the outside will be, oh wow. Oh, are you sure? Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. <laughs> you see. Then when you leave, we don't even want to preach again. You say, God, <laughs> what is the point? Because you see also. Like, for how many years must you be taught that this is the good that must be intended, but somehow it has escaped you? This is. Let me tell you something. Some of you enter trouble, right? That you think you need a pastor's advice. You think you need an elder's advice, right? It's not true. At times, that's not how life is. If you lived your life well, you would need very little advice, especially as you are being preached to all the time. You need very little hands-on advice. So of you, they have to call you. Explain why you like this girl. Explain why you like this boy. Explain why you... you but you think it's everybody that they call? No. You see, at times, some people, when they move and then they take a step, you know that, no, this is a spiritual step. You know, from where you say, you don't ask any questions, you say, continue. The So those people, at times, they didn't come and want you to say something. You don't have anything. Where they are going, they must keep going. You rather fear interfering with what God is doing. But normally, it's like everything, some commentary must come from your elder or your pastor or something. Do you see? I'm taking this job. Should I take it or should I not take it? What does it mean? When you started coming from far away, these things should have been determined. Do you see? these things should have been determined. Mm. What I found, is time I allow myself to be caught up in a confused state about which choice to make, I always make the wrong choice. Maybe you are a lucky person. Some people are just lucky, right? <laughs> they are not a lucky person. You see? So I have to determine my trajectory from far away coming. The answer is that this is how I'm doing it. So everything must conform. If it doesn't conform, we don't even see that it's an option or it's a possibility or it's adding up to confusion. We don't
1: see those things. You see. We don't see those things. Hallelujah. What do you want? What
0: are you trying to become? And everything that you are doing, you should factor into it what you are trying to become. That's your neighbor. Are you trying
1: to become a good person? Hallelujah. So your vision, very, very important. Then
0: aside the vision, what you are trying to become, the next one is how to live your life in your attempt to fulfill that vision. So your approach to life. That one too. The word of God must judge it all the time. The word of God must judge it all the time. The word of God must judge it. You must be judging your approach all the time. Hallelujah. Some of you take your approach to life from motivational speakers,
1: hey,
0: or you take your wisdom from fraud boys, fraud boys, fraud boys, boys their quotations. You see there, there are quotes that they put there. Recently, I saw said, life, no hard. it be say you did try. The point is that life is not, you are trying to compete with somebody, that's why life is high. but this idea is purely from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it like the front boys have more wisdom than the people in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you take your approach to life from those women on the radio that has turned into TV now on Facebook and things that bring people to come and discuss their issue in public and then they try to behave like they are really the good people, right? And then they are trying to solve the problem. So it's there. This is when you go Everywhere, like those people that saloon, market car, and the loudspeaker, hey! So imagine what is going on. So you are taking your approach to life. That's what you are doing now. Oh. Some of you, as a right now, you are even married. Your approach to marriage is from some of these places. You see? From some of these places. Ah, but what have they done? If you don't know what they are doing, we have to sack you from church. Now <laughs> like we have to just, how do they say it, like suspend you. Go away from church for six months. <laughs> Hallelujah. What are some of the other places we take our approach from? Movies, Telenovela. romance novels. That's why when your husband does anything, it is no romantic. <laughs> oh, you will be shocked. Some of you, you think that your husband is so romantic, right? It's because you are out of this world. <laughs> like, you're, you're thinking we can't cope with it. Daisy. Yeah. So they try anything. It, it doesn't work. I'm telling you, so you realize that even in our approach to life, we are totally off. But we are people that are taught the word of God. You should be judging your approach to life. You should be judging your considerations about everything. Look, if you are going to eat breakfast, and you feel like, ah, I'm going to eat breakfast, judge that feeling. So breakfast, so no. You see, you don't know. Judge it. Make sure you put your attempt to even eat breakfast in the right place spiritually. Let me tell you, if you do these things, uh, when we say ascend, you just do this You are in heaven. At times you think that you are stopping overcoming, but you are not. And I'm showing you what is going on in your life on a daily basis. Evil is prevailing, but there are certain evils that are quite conspicuous. So those are the ones you have determined as your evil that you are trying to overcome. But the ones that are hidden and are ruling you on a day-to-day basis, influencing your choice, even what you wear, what you wore to church today, you should have judged yourself in it, should have judged your motive, should have judged your methods. Do you see? Mm -hmm. So let's just bow down our heads and ask God for forgiveness as to how we came to church today. Because I'm sure we'll check inside, we wear that challenge. I won't wear this one. I won't wear this one. Let me wear this one. Because this one, Diana's time. Is that what dress is for? See, so what you wear is for something. The word of God shows it. That's what it must become your thinking about what you wear permanently, you see, so you are taught the Word of God, right? But what you wear, you know, you don't know that it's for something as determined by the Word of God. So when it comes to what you are going to wear, your sensory level enters. Right? Yeah. Should I show you my approach as to what I wear on a normal basis? Should I show you? Why must you know? Don't you know from the Word of God? <laughs> It's like, I set a trap for you. <laughs> Don't you know it's from the word of God? Like, think about it. Okay, somebody should tell me their own approach that they think is from the word of God. Somebody should tell me their own approach. Okay, so two people. So pastor, you know, then pastor, Niu also. Anything that will not make you too conscious of yourself. He. Hey! Hey! It's somewhere this opposite as we are sitting here, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Jesus is Lord. Hey! This thing is easy for the men. I'm sure that's what the ladies are saying. So, I do Anything that will not make you conscious of yourself, that's powerful. Or when you are moving, you should be conscious of yourself. There are so many things to be conscious of. <laughs> busy. The woman yourself enters all the other ones are dispersed. Have you seen some before? Now if you tell to walk from here down here, you will not be able to do it consciously. You will do it by you go into a coma. <laughs> because your mind you, you, who is looking at you is you're walking perfect for somebody watching. Like is somebody watching <laughs> you see you are worried that the way you are moving, somebody watching might not like it. Like, no, think about it. Somebody watching the way you are moving might not like it. You see, then it's positive there are many. Because then... (laughs) You see? So just from here to here, you think it's a joke. You think that, oh, it's not true. But from here to here, I'm not saying you fall down. You will not fall down, right? But you'll be so conscious that you, as you are going, I can say three things. You may not remember any of them. Because what will be bothering you will be a lot. You see. I want a female to tell us because I feel like the female argument, okay, you person, you say your own. Then we'll look for a female. A female should be ready to tell us what they say. We'll know that, okay, females too, they can. Because, René, or well, we will not get even one female. here. Okay. Okay. So what will not make you conscious?
1: Yeah.
0: When you are so conscious, you think this, this thing. I mean, if I wear something that I'm too somewhere, I can't preach. I'm telling you, I've tried it before. <laughs> you see, that's the thing you don't know. I'm not telling you things that I'm assuming on. No. Do you see? Now, if you would three-piece, now ma pretty tatafe, tatafe. I
1: am pumping, see, you see?
0: Nah. there is a time that it may come in line, and it will not do this thing. Then I'll do that. But until then, oh. have you dressed in such a way that you can't talk before? <laughs> you see it a lot during weddings. Wedding, traditional marriage. will be a recourse at, man. Why <laughs> you You see how the macho men work? The woman is just... It's like you are heavily bound. You see, like right? you are just. <laughs> you, are <laughs> you are being caught <being> up. <laughs> you see. You are being caught up. So. I did not. You need a full pumping. eh, So. Push out Do you get it? So who is forcing who here, right? have yes or no? There's a problem. And uh, even when it comes to simple wedding pictures, we care more about the pictures than how we are on the D-Day. So if they'll just take the dissident throw on our faces and throw on our faces, to, the makeup covering your face is like, it's like a mask, right? You're okay with it because in your pictures, hey! In your picture, so. You see. So, women, tell us, tell us what Because I want one woman to tell us a good motive for hairdressing so that all the women here will know that, okay, then women too, you can, because I feel like as the men have spoken, too many arguments in your head. That the requirement for men are different. The requirement, as a man, you can appear anyhow. You see. This not appearing anyhow. Or, no, oh, it's not appearing in the house. So women. OK, yes, SID is tell us. OK, I just want to say something. OK. So there are days that I
2: don't want
0: OK. What about the days that you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm curious about which day that is. So it's not like just one thing. Like OK. OK. Number one, like checkpoints. the the
2: is that I
1: don't want OK.
2: Okay. What, what
0: influences wearing heels?
2: <laughs>
0: yes, I know, but why will you wear heels and not flats? I'm not saying don't wear heels, so I'm just curious. So
2: I'm because
0: it goes better. Okay.
2: But even if I wear I
0: wear
2: a dress, that will go for But I feel like I have a certain units I have here and then I'm never trying to I need to sum or my
0: thing. Okay. then you change to wear something. Okay. 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 Your legs are... Your ankles are shaking. <laughs> now, if I make a sing for long, I become the <laughs> problem because your heels are hurting and don't I know that we have stood for long? <laughs> okay.
2: So, you come in a
0: way that people... They'll be drawn to... Yeah,
2: okay. Okay. The very last one, in days I am in
1: these
0: Okay, so you go for dress because you don't want to iron today. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so now, please, at least, we have one woman who has spoken. So women, you can't say that there's men that said they dress not to be conscious. A woman is also saying she dresses not to be conscious. Say, so, so, hey, are you trying to say we well, should not look nice, do you see? No. Let me tell you something. When your dressing is not nice, it's a sin. <laughs> no, you see, you would think that, oh, this one too. No, it's a sin. If your dressing is not nice and you don't see it, there's something wrong with you. I'm not saying nice like somebody's preferential. I'm talking about proportions. You see, because one way also of not being conscious of yourself is that your dressing is so adequate and on point that it does not stir up any other thing. So, if it is not on point, it distracts. So, too much excess in your dressing distracts, right? You expose things, it distracts. Too much some too in your dressing is also a distraction. Do you get it? Like, for me if you show something for me and I see that, you saw my thing again. Do understand that? So, I'm not trying to tell you that, hey, be, eh, wear anything and come. No. Beauty is not a bad thing. Please you understand that. Beauty is not a bad thing. There is allowable beauty, and I'm getting there. When it comes to the sensory level, I said it during the special program, what the sensory level likes, things like beauty, do you get it? Things like positive feelings, all the things that the sensory level likes, it must be defined by the upper regions of the mind. In other words, the sensory level, if you like what is beautiful, it's not a bad thing. Jonathan, had, the beauty that you like must be judged by the things that are above, the good vision or good intent for your life and the good approach for your life, right? Then that beauty you like must conform to these two things. Do you get it? So for you, you have your house, right? Paint your house, You get it. Yeah, you see. Line, line like
1: There's
0: something wrong with you. And what is wrong with you when we trace it, we trace it to evil that is in you? That makes you think that this is acceptable. This zigzag line is acceptable. What stops you from getting a straight line? Too lazy? Eh? Well, you could get this. It's not like there's no tool in the world for a straight line. You could actually get a straight line, right? But you decided to use your eye to gauge. <laughs> you told somebody to stand at the back, or chair, or can right? You should tell you. Then, by the time you finished, the thing has become somewhere. So, I'm not talking about making yourself basabasa. basa. Do you get it? You Must dress well. But that your dressing should not be determined by what men, and in this case, women, think. I make up my mind that I don't dress for anybody. The way that I dress, it must agree with God and how I see that God wants to flow through me. That's all. I'm not saying that, oh, you pass if you wear this. No. If you can suggest something to me that if I wear it, it will be nice, right? There are many other things that right, people suggest, but I have to check it, right? To see if it is agreeable with what it is that I'm trying to be. So that even though you suggested it, I'll not be doing it because of you. Please understand that. Yeah. Of you, a compliment is a trap for you. You now from there will be sentenced to a life of trying to please the one that complimented you, right? And a lack of compliment is also a trap because you try from there to try and look for compliment from that person. What what will you do now? So what is beautiful? What is to be enjoyed? What feels good? What tastes good? If you are to follow a thing because it tastes good, what will you do? Some of the things that really taste good, what will you do? You'll be dead, right? You'll be dead very soon. Because Charlie, if not something, there's something inside my head that I recently ate. I ate a beggar from somewhere. When was it? So Friday. Hey! I can buy that beggar now, right? So the next is that I should eat it on Saturday, right? Because it's nice and I want to eat it. Then I should eat it on Sunday. Then I should eat it on Monday. Then I should eat it out till it leaves my inside. <laughs> then I won't eat it. No. See, and that began, when I was eating it, I was driving and so, you see that eating that? You didn't really do get So you like, really the sensory mindset that you should just get this and then sit down, right? <laughs> no. Well, we have to calculate that this is that we ate. You know, How long will it take to leave our system? <laughs> Other things must compensate. You understand? So that next time, next time, next time, somewhere, we can get another one and eat. Do you see? So even the thing that tastes nice, there are so many things that taste nice. And, uh, yeah. You can't just go ahead and do them. It's the word of God that must scrutinize it for you. So this one is not the word of God. It is the word of God. But the moment you scrutinize this based on science alone, because what? You want to live for long. For what? You are entering into trouble. You cannot do this scrutiny because you just want to live for long. Because our aim here is not just to live for long. Do you understand? There are things we are trying to do here. Do you that? There are things we are trying to become here. Do you understand that? And want to stay alive as much as possible. Do you understand? If I would die, it shouldn't be that I contributed greatly to my early death. Like maybe small contribution, fine, but like a lot of con- <laughs> a lot of contribution, no. These are some things they stay or for, but it's not really like juicy. So you couldn't really you tried. Do you see? But it shouldn't be that, Charlie. Juicy. So just to want to live long is not enough. So I say, oh, it's just science you need. No, you need something more than science. That's the reason why the doctors that look after us, you find that they are very, 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 very carefree when it comes to some of these things. Some years ago, I sent a doctor about dieting, and he was, hey, you're able to do all these things. Wow. <laughs> and he, he said that look, he he doesn't think he'll be able to. So It's good the medicines are so that do you see? So that's a doctor. If it's just a science that is needed. No. Hallelujah. There has to be something higher than that. There has to be something higher than that. So even food, you want to enjoy food, you have to scrutinize yourself a bit. And I,
1: yes, everything, on every level, You like something so much, you are
0: ecstatic about something. You have to ask yourself, why am I so ecstatic about this thing? And then bring in what you are feeling or the considerations that are making you so ecstatic, does it conform to the word of God at the rational level, intermediate level, and also at the sensory level? Does it conform? I'm not saying don't be ecstatical. Just run a quick check to see if it is a legitimate feeling you are feeling. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. Just check if it's really the fact that you love the person. Or you love yourself, right? And then the person has done something good for you. And because you love yourself, you love the person, but the person has loved you, you see. So it's not the person you love. It's not the person you love. So stop doing, I love you, I love you, right? and then repent. Dizzy. repent. Because the proper love is to love somebody in spite of what they do. But this all yourself has come... Kind of love there is because yourself has gained something, right? I'm not saying that, oh, don't be happy that you have gained something, but don't call it love and don't let it become that which forms the foundation of your dealing with the person. The foundation of your dealing with everybody must be what God requires of you, no matter what the person is, what the person has said, what the person has done or has not done. That should be the basis of your dealings with everybody. That's what the word of God says. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible does not say, be fond of everybody. Say, love everybody. Because fondness is different. Fondness, there has to be some agreeableness between us. Do you understand? So I'll be fond of you. See, it's not everybody that you like to chat with, right? It doesn't mean that you don't love the person. Fondness is different. But love, you're supposed to love everybody. Uh, Oh, okay. then when I say I love, it's really that I'm fond of the person. Oh, okay. I get it now. No. Don't misunderstand my message. You are trying to escape into this. I say, it shouldn't be the basis of your relationship with anybody. That you love the person because they have done something for you. Or because you stand to gain from them. No. No. And this one too, the word
1: of God talks to us about it. The word of God must judge everything. Do you those who come and marry, we use
0: the word of God to try and say what marriage should be, right? And by the time we finish, marriage is not nice again, right? But it's good because marriage must not look so nice for you when God is finished with painting the proper picture of marriage and its requirement. It must not look so nice. Then if you follow God, it will become very nice. Hallelujah. So the proper approach. Everything that you do. When money hits your hand and you are becoming excited, judge yourself. You ask, why am I so excited about this money? Do you see? And you find it because at times, like I was telling the story, when God now tells you to oh, bless somebody small with their money, you even wish the money would not come again because... You have to take some and give to somebody. Do you see? Whereas so the excitement is not a good excitement. It's like an excitement that shows that Your life is dependent on the money. Somebody said, hey, said, when I get money, you know, a problem comes that I must solve with the money. Hey. Then I said, good. Then we must thank God, right? Because it means the problem was coming. It was coming. So it could have met you without money. Now God has helped you that it has met you with money, right? So solve them. What is the use of money to solve problems? <laughs> yeah, so you solve it. Before you think that there's a curse following you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must judge everything. And that's what I want to encourage us to do. Paul said in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, he says that, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. Hallelujah. Put on the Lord Jesus make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. So don't give yourself any space. Do you see? How now I can relax and consider my life outside the word of God? No. Don't give yourself any space. Don't give yourself any chance. Everything must be... Some time ago, I was explaining some of these things to one man of God. That means this is how I see life. He not say, no. He said, this is too, like, loosen up a bit. So It's more like you are taken things too seriously. You get it. But what else should a man do after they have received the word of God? to give room for the flesh? No. You must be pumping, like the word of God, every level scrutinizing, and the word of God is used for such things. If you want to scrutinize your motives now, once you've been taught, things will come. You don't need to struggle. See, if you are using the word of God for what it is supposed to be used for, it is ready for you all the time. It will come up. You can scrutinize your intentions and Intend the right things. We talked about it, how we ought to intend rightly in the rational mind. You can fight with the wrong intentions and the way it seeks to instruct you in the intermediate. You can fight the instructions there, right? Yeah. Now, do this, okay? Do this. Of course, it may not be perfect, right? But let this be the approach of your life. And you realize that God is not far from you. God is not far from you. You realize that the way to actually access God is not in long prayers. Even though long prayers are good. You find that these little, little things, not giving any provision for the flesh. These are the things that opens a man's vessel up. This literally every step of the way, scrutinizing your motives, your thinking, your approach to life, the steps that you take, your feelings, the things you like, the things you take pleasure in. Questioning yourself on the basis of the word of God, questioning yourself, you'll find that these are the things that will allow you to prepare your vessel for God. Sometimes you like to think that it's in the big, big things. I'm also saying it's in the little, little things. That's why it's very difficult to see a spiritual man. Hallelujah. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Not that he should do a bad thing. He'll be doing a good thing, but many people are doing good things that they are not spiritual people. But the spiritual man is not giving himself or herself space in his heart, in his thinking, in his motives. Like, and that struggle is not on the face. Do you see the spiritual man is fighting with himself all the time to stay on the right track, judging himself. And he's not afraid to discover that he's not good. Some of us are afraid to discover that we are not good people. So we'll never try it. But then we'll do something. We are hailed for it. And God is coming to tell us also that, look, this is what you were healed for. It was done with an evil motive. You will never allow God to speak to you. You tell God that, no, it's already been done. He shall allow you to enjoy the glory. Why is he coming to spoil the glory? You must let God spoil it. Hallelujah. You must let God spoil it. You must not seek to have a face before God. Now what do you mean to to have a certain face before God? No. You must allow God. The Word of God must enter everywhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you go to the market to buy things to cook, the Word of God must be in it. So this one too. Yes. You try it. You find that it's in everything. You find that the word of God is piercing into every area of your life. You find it. So may we not become those people that are being taught the word of God, but our approach is totally different from what the word of God teaches us. And may we be serious with the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May we be serious with the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, So thy word is a lamp unto my heart, my feet. You know what the feet is, right? Yeah. The word must judge you, even at the lowest part of you. And it must determine for you the truth. The path is the truth, because truth determines the means, right? So the path is the truth. Now, the word of God must determine for you what your truth is. Not what men think. Not what you even think. Not what you feel. Not because you feel that something is true, then it is true. No. Because you think that something is true, then it is true. Because you have observed, and you think that what you have observed is the case, then it's the case. No. The word of God teaches you something else. Hallelujah. Don't lean on your own understanding, right? Pray that God will help us. So, not just be near hearers of the word. So much has been taught us, so, so much. So much. And except to become actively involved with the word of God, it will be as though we've not been taught anything. And your life is not abstract, it's something you are living. So you can look at the word of God in its application on every level of your life. You can look at the word of God that way. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name, amen.